Welcome to Bible Over Brews, deep thoughts fermented over time and text. We're coming to you today on St. Patty's Day. Happy St. Patty's Day. Happy St. Patty's Day. And that is Kelvin and Gumby. What's up? <laughs> How we doing? We are just going to have a little fun today and uh, enjoy the holiday, some Irish stuff, and uh, go over some fun topics. Sounds good. Kelvin, how have you been? It's been forever since you have been on. We've good. had fans asking if you were if you had de- been deceased. Oh, that's serious. <laughs> that is serious. They've no. been missing you. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll make more of an effort to uh, make a reoccurrence here. I um, I just been a little busy with life and things and trying to hold down a fort at home, but uh, have a few battles of my own. Nothing major, of course. Yes, I'm still in the li- with the living, thank God. <laughs> but it's good to be missed. It awesome. is good to be missed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have that very distinctive radio voice that people really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> Sometimes you have things you re- don't realize that you have. <laughs> so we're starting off our night with a little Evan Williams, Black Label. The... Uh, I enjoy Evan Williams, and I am going to defer to Kelvin because Kelvin's actually been there. So, Kelvin, your experiences with Evan Williams, please. Evan Williams, as far as I'm concerned, now everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I think it's an excellent bourbon economically, very tasty. Um, Evan Williams is Tennessee's, excuse me, is a Tennessee rivalry of Jack Daniels. Evan Williams is Kentucky. But it's the oldest brewery in Kentucky, and it's also older than Jack Daniels. I am not knocking Jack by any means at all. <laughs> so I don't want anybody to get that impression. However, I do enjoy Evan. A very smooth bourbon, very good. You can even get different um, different levels as far as the uh, Supreme version as opposed to the, the, the regular. Um, very good stuff, and I highly recommend it. Yeah, I will say it's despite it being um, a little, a little more inexpensive mm-hmm. than uh, Jack Daniels, it's more popular. Mm. The sales of Evan Williams is only surpassed by Jim Beam. So there you go. If I'm not mistaken, Jim Beam owns Evan Williams. I could be wrong <laughs> on that, but I mm. believe Jim Beam owns Evan Williams. I had the the, the um, privilege of going to the Evan Williams. Uh, Distillery in Kentucky, and it was truly um, a worthwhile visit. I highly recommend that also. So how does that, um, how was the tour? I mean, the you... tour was excellent. It was about two hours long. They they start off by showing you where their uh, movie on it, uh, you know, a short uh, film on it, history, taking you through their vats, uh, giving you a history of every aspect of it, how it started out, how it's evolved, uh, the Personnel that took to do it way back when, as opposed to the modernization of now. And at the end of the tour, ace time. <laughs> Best part. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. Uh, it was really enjoyable. I, I'm gonna say maybe two and a half hours, three hours long. But toward the end, you kind of leave when you want uh, because you can purchase some to go. Uh, it it was excellent. It was excellent. Definitely worthwhile. If you're ever in, in Louisville, Kentucky, it's definitely a worthwhile tour. Well, it's definitely become like my go-to bourbon 
And when I compare things, I actually compare it to Evan Williams. Yeah, that, that's, that's a, yeah, that's a very good point. Very good point. Yeah. Not only is there is this one, the Black Label, incredibly smooth yeah. Um, yeah. And, and fully robust. I, I love the flavor. The, the palate on it is good. The nose, um, all of it, all the way around, it's a very well, well-rounded bourbon. Yeah. It's a very well-rounded bourbon. It, it has a nice, smooth finish. Um, and, I mean, it's especially for, because it's not as high on the alcohol scope as, as some of the others. Right. However, for what you're getting, it may even have a little more punch because yeah. that, that flavor is just fantastic. That mash is awesome. I agree. I yeah. agree. A few cubes mm-hmm. ice for me. Let it sit. Oh, man. Stuff goes down great. Yeah. Yeah, I normally don't like ice cubes in my bourbon or yeah. or anything else. But this one, I don't mind it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't dilute bad. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah. I got to say one more thing on that, too. I don't know if you gentlemen were aware of it. Just like you have wine and cheese parties, mm-hmm. down in Kentucky and Tennessee, they have bourbon and cheese parties. I yeah. wasn't aware of that. Oh, that sounds yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Awesome. Yeah. I may have to try one of some of that bourbon and cheese. All right, there you go. There you go. They're generally happier people down there. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> well, and, and my wife is a huge cheese fan, so okay. I'm sure she'd be down. And there you go. That's your reason for going. (laughs) (laughs) So we are going to go ahead and pour our beer, and then we'll sip our Evan Evan Williams throughout the show. However, I want to make sure we crack open the beer. Okay. So this is from, I'm going to highlight this one because it's kind of a cool story. This is from Sibling Revelry. Now, um, no no stranger to our podcast. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's uh, they have a cool. So, sibling revelry was founded by a family of brothers and cousins from Cleveland who wanted to share their passion for great beer with others. Noticing a lack of breweries in the West Side suburbs, their relatives set out to create a unique tap room and drinking experience rooted in their own backyards. Sibling Revelry's sophisticated taproom offers a full selection of craft beers, including year-round brews, seasonal varieties, limited releases, and taproom exclusives. Pair beers with a rotating selection of food trucks with great foods like sandwiches, burgers, and more. Their outdoor patio provides additional space to enjoy their brews with friends and dogs. <laughs> this one is going to be, for St. Patty's Day, the O'Kennedy. Like the founding pair of Kennedy Brothers, this traditional Irish stout is an easygoing party starter. A roasted aroma and dark chocolate notes makes this light body, low-gravity beer ideal to reach far and over. Mm, oh, Kennedy, here's the JFK. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, I tend to really enjoy stouts. Um, stouts and IPAs yeah, are probably my favorites. As long as it's a nice, robust IPA. And this, so far, it's dark. I'm holding up to the light, and there is nothing passing through it. <laughs> this is excellent. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. Oh, man. Cheers. Wow. That's good. I have to say, it's it it's a dark beer. It's yeah. def- definitely a dark beer, but it's, it's light lighter. for a dark yeah, beer. It's lighter than normal. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's light for a dark beer. It is. And it has that, that slight after note of like a chocolatey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It really and that's, does. that's delicious. It's, um, this is a dark beer that you could drink all day. Right, right. It's still, it's pretty balanced. Mm-hmm. 
I like that. No bitterness. Not at all. It's um, there's a lightness to it. I mean, a lot of stouts that I've had in the past, you know, or I won't say a lot, but several, because I've drank Guinness, you know, off and on for a while. But I had to be in the mood for it. But something like this is very light, mm-hmm. and it goes down a lot easier. You know, I I really enjoy this. Yeah, yeah. This, this is a junior stout. This is yeah. if somebody yeah, who wants go. to if somebody who wants to drink stouts, you introduce them with the this. beginner stouts. Yeah. Yes, sure. the training wheels, because it's only four four point two percent. So yeah. I mean, yeah. typical. I mean, typical stouts. You, you're eight or nine or higher. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, like our, our Christmas episode, you know, but a couple perfect. seasons ago. Yeah, yeah, but perfect for you know St. Patrick's Day. Oh, excellent. I see. I see why they did that. So yeah, excellent. That's fantastic. Sibling reverie. You do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about uh, St. Patrick. Sure. All right. So what do you guys know? I know that he's not along the same lines of the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus, or he was a for real dude. Well, he supposedly ran all the snakes out of Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that is a myth. So, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. We'll move so on. the <laughs> I hate to I hate to burst your bubble on that one. Oh man! But uh, the Ice Age, the Ice Age, when it came through that okay. area of the world, made it too cold for snakes, snakes to inhabit. Yes, so. True. So since the Ice Age, there has not been any snakes in Ireland. Ah. So it's a fun, it's a fun myth, but <laughs> it is a myth. Oh, well. <laughs> dang it, Aaron! You should. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, like we can start the rumor that he ran all the leprechauns out. I mean, there you go. There you go. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but uh, but it's cool. Um, so uh, Saint Patrick, fun fun character in history. All right. He believe it or not, um, he's not from Ireland. That's the fun part. What's that? He's not from Ireland. <laughs> All right. I mean, I know I'm bursting more bubbles. I'm sorry. Oh man, Aaron! <laughs> uh, not only did I kill Santa Claus, I killed the Easter Bunny. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he was. Um. So he was actually born in uh, what we now know as Britain. So, and it was it was the Romanized Britain. Mm. Okay. So, so it was during the the Roman era. So, um, so was was it was he a barbarian? No, no, no. He actually came from from a very well done family. Okay, uh, they had uh, they they hired in they hired in servants. You mm-hmm. know the, the the lower class probably probably the ones who couldn't read. Okay, right? so okay. Um, but yeah, they, they, his household had had hired hands, and um, he actually came from a pretty good family. Was um, he a family outcast? No. Okay. No, this story is so much more fun. Okay. <laughs> No, and so uh, he actually got kidnapped by Irish pirates. Really? Yes. Didn't, <laughs> didn't I tell you the story gets good? <laughs> really? Yeah. So um, I, I personally, in my mind, I like to think of the of the pirates being kind of like Johnny Depp, you know? Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> With an Irish brogue. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's true. <laughs> that's accurate, you know. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Jack's, Jack O'Sparrow. <laughs> I prefer Dustin Hoffman in Hook. Okay. Yeah. We go with that. Yeah. Still with an Irish brogue, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was actually kidnapped by, by Irish pirates. Okay. Um, and they, uh, they brought him back and they used him to 
shepherd sheep. Wow. So, yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, he was wow. he was actually he was he was actually brought in as a, as as a slave to okay. Ireland. Yeah. So if he wasn't Irish, what was he? Was he like Celtic? He was, was British. He Scottish? He, he was, was British. Just a British? Yeah. Yeah. He was wow. he was a Brit. Okay. <laughs> so did he stay the rest of his life? In Ireland, or did he ever come back? No, there's a little more to the story than that. Okay, you know, so he didn't. He he initially didn't have a brogue. He was he he probably sounded more like from the, like he was from the BBC. Okay, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> so I guess my thought then is if if he wasn't Irish, so when we celebrate St. Paddy's Day, uh-huh. right, it's more or less about representing the faith aspect. Oh, is it versus Wait, oh, is it versus Irish people? Is it? I don't know. I'm asking, since he's not Irish. Okay, I want to relate back to the BBC. Are 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 the some of the most well known actors British on the BBC? No, they're Welsh, and they're from and um, others from Wales, and so it, it's it's a mixed kind of hodgepodge. It's a mixed tale. Very so, yeah. but what happened was he was kidnapped by the pirates. Mm-hmm. However, here's the cool part. Eventually. He was able to go back. He now here's the cool part. So, despite what would have happened to him, because slaves were not treated well when they tried to escape. Okay, and I ah oh, I forget the name of his of his captor, not captor, but the who bought him. I think it was was it was Mil- he in like an Milku? indentured servant? I think it was Milku. No, not, well, sort of, but not really, because he was sold. Okay, he was sold. So okay, I but his first captor, I believe his name was Milku. I could be pronouncing it wrong. But anyway, um, very old Irish name um, mm. that I probably totally butchered. <laughs> uh, he worked for him as, as a shepherd. Okay. So, um, But eventually, he made his way across the island, and he tried, and he, he escaped, bargained with the... Here's, here's kind of, this, is, this is kind of a weird part. So he bargained with, the, uh, with a different group of Irish pirates, all right, to get him back over. And they did end up taking him, despite the fact that he would not suckle the teat of the captain. Yes. I think he just cussed at me, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> so in order to show your obeisance to the captain and okay. to show that you were not going to disobey them, the right. captain would often, like a little baby, make you uh, suckle his teat to show, your, to show that you were going to obey. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. This podcast has now reached PG-13. <laughs> my, my, my God, the children, the children. <laughs> oh, my. Yes. Old customs get really weird. I mean, there's worse than that, but we're yeah, not that, talking about ancient Greece. Yeah, that's, that's reason <laughs> enough to drink on St. Paddy's Day. Right yeah. Wow. <laughs> I wouldn't suckle the tea either. What the heck? <laughs> well, here's the funny part. Uh, apparently, now he had he had refound his religion on the island because get this, his father was actually a deacon in the Catholic Church. Really? Yes, yes. His father was a deacon in the Catholic Church because deacons were, were have always been part of the of of the faith. I mean, mm-hmm. going all the way back to the time of the apostles, you know, they're they're referenced even in the yeah. uh, the New Testament. New Testament. Okay. So deacons have always been part of the faith. 
Um, and his father was one of the deacons. And there's there's two versions. I'm not sure who's aware of this, but there's two versions of deacons inside of uh, the Catholic Church. There's what's called uh, just the standard uh, deaconate, which those are priests in training, and so they're temporary deacons as they transition to becoming priests. And then there's what's called the permanent deaconate, and those ones are ones who are married and they have children, and so they don't plan on being priests. Okay. Right? And so what they do then is they just they hold their position as deacon and they help with the, you know, the comings and goings and anything else the priest needs over at the church. They also are allowed to do things like conduct funerals, um, you know, and stuff like that. They're allowed to preach during uh, services. So. Okay. Well, question for you: During that time when he was captured and taken to Ireland. Was the whole island Catholic at that time? No. They were pagan. Okay. Yeah. Poor is... So about what time did the um, Protestants come in? All right. So... Well, that's oh, it. was that after? That was way, way later. Okay. All right. <laughs> that was All way, right. way later. We'll drop that part. We'll drop that part. Yeah. Oh, we could reference it at the end because it's kind of okay. a fun thing. Okay. Yeah, it's All, right. A fun All right. Thing. We'll drop we'll, that right now. We can go back and forth on that and have some fun with that. But we'll do that later. So let me clear. Let me wrap my mind around this. When we celebrate, and I say celebrate, I, that word loosely here in America. Yeah, it's okay. Because everything's kind of Americanized, right? Oh, we're going to get to that. I know where you're going. Okay. Well, when we celebrate St. Patrick's Day, the man's not Irish. Right? I just want to get that out on record. He was not born Irish. Okay. So, so he was a, he was a national Irish. We'll come back to that. So <laughs> I'm just saying he could have been Puerto Rican. So <laughs> there believe it or not, there are some people that dispute and claim that his family was a misplaced Jewish family from the ancient lands. Of course. But there is absolutely no evidence that holds to that. So it's it's really just people trying to make things up. There's no evidence for it at all. Okay. But here's the here's the cool part. Here's the cool part. So he found his faith again. Not he didn't ever really lost his faith, but he was kind of a lapsed Catholic. Okay. Like okay. many are. Um and even though his father was a deacon, he wasn't not very um you know, forthgoing in the faith. Okay. However, being a shepherd out on the hillsides of Ireland, he turned back to his faith again in order to refine himself. And it was during that time that he started praying and he started really getting deep into his faith. And so by the time he got back to the ship, instead of suckling the captain's... Teat. <laughs> Teat. <laughs> Instead of doing that, he tried to convert them, and he started preaching to them. So, according to to some legends, just to get him to shut up, they let him on board and (laughs) brought him back to Britain. I'm sure the captain preferred (laughs) that. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And he did make it back to his family, which is kind of cool. That is a cool story. Interesting. What is the time frame, roughly? Just out of curiosity, there was. A oh, time that was frame. during. Oh, hold on. No, the it time was, frame when he was captured and made it back. Oh, he was he was in his teens. He was in his teens, so he would have been, I think, between fourteen and sixteen, and I believe he was around seventeen, eighteen when he got back. So it was a couple of years. 
Um, no, I'm sorry. I take that back. I think it was 26 when he got back. We're talking the century. Back. Yeah, uh, it was just it's four. No one knows for sure, but I believe it was right around say the four four sixties right in there. I think it was. I they estimate like four sixty one right in there. So I could be wrong. I'll double, wow. I'll double check all that. But it was that long ago. It was it was long long time ago. Um, now you're making me go through and look because <laughs> I had it in my notes here somewhere. Um, but th- during his lifetime, now I'm looking, <laughs> um, he did make it, yeah, fifth century. There we go. Um, so what's really cool about this is that he did make it back to his family, but it turns out that he started hearing a voice speaking to him in a vision, asking him to go back. So he wrote about it. Um, wow. let me find the quote real quick. It looks like it's kind of cool. It was, uh, right there, right there. Um, there was a voice that came to him and it started, it started speaking to him, asking him to go back and, uh, walk among them is what his notes had said. Mm. Um, he wrote about it, um, Pretty cool. He he wrote about it. There's two there's two of his works that are left that we still have in our possession. So in the vision he said, I saw a man coming, as it were, from Ireland. His name was Victoricus, and he carried many letters, and he gave me one of them. I read the heading, The Voice of the Irish. As I began the letter, I imagined that moment that I heard the voice of those very people who were near the wood of Folklut which is beside the western sea. And they cried out, as with one voice, We appeal to you, holy servant boy, to come and walk among us. Mm. And so these voices and these visions came to him. And so then what he did was, he entered the priesthood. So, un- unfortunately, he had lost a lot of time. And so... um his whole life he felt, well, during at least his internship at, during his uh, studying to become a priest, first a deacon and then a priest, mm-hmm. um, he, uh, he always felt behind. So that's, that was the, kind of the, the caveat to him coming in later because of being kidnapped and everything else. Okay. Um, he always felt like he was behind the ball in his education. Um, There's even a reference. Oh, where was it? There was even a, a reference to... Uh, to his rustic Latin, so in his okay. uh, in in his works, the way he wrote them down, okay, it was what they called a rustic Latin because I guess you could say almost blue collar Latin, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Like, like Spanglish, <laughs> right? Not, not really Spanish, not really English, but Spanglish. Spanglish. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. Man, yeah. ask you this: because he felt he was behind mm-hmm. in, in in his studies. Did that make him more of an astute student, studying a lot harder than... He did study very much so. Here's the kind of the cool thing. There was, um, there was, you know, let me read this real quick. I found this cool, this cool part here. It says, uh, deeply moved, he says, I could read no more. Nevertheless, because of the shortcomings of his education, mm. he was reluctant for a long time to respond to the call. Even on the eve of reembarkation for Ireland, he was beset by doubts of his fitness for the task. Mm. Once in the field, however, his hesitation vanished. 
Utterly confident in the Lord, he journeyed far and wide, baptizing and confirming with untiring zeal. In diplomatic fashion, he brought gifts to a kinglet here and a lawgiver, but accepted none from any. On at least one occasion, he was cast into chains. On another, he addressed with lyrical pathos a last farewell to his converts who had been slain or kidnapped by the soldiers of Koratakis. So it's really interesting, his journeys. Um, there, was, uh, there was another one right here. Let me read this too. He says, careful to deal fairly with non-Christian Irish, he nevertheless lived in constant danger of martyrdom. The evocation of such incidents of what he called his laborious episcopate was his reply to a charge to his great grief endorsed by his ecclesiastical superiors in Britain that he had originally sought office for the sake of office. In point of fact, he was most humble-minded, pouring forth a continuous pain of thanks to his maker for having chosen him as the instrument whereby multitudes had worshipped idols and unclean things had become the people of God. Hmm. And uh, right here it says, uh, one more quote real quick, the phenomenal success of Patrick's mission is not, however, the full measure of his personality. Since his writings, and this is cool, I love this right here, ready? Since his writings have come to be better understood, it is increasingly recognized that despite their occasional incoherence, remember, because of those blue-collar writings, <laughs> okay. right? Um, they mirror a truth and a simplicity of the rarest quality. Not since St. Augustine of Hippo had any religious diarist bared his inmost soul as Patrick did in his writings. As D.A. Binchy, the most austere critic of patrician, scholars puts it, the moral and spiritual greatness of the man shines through every stumbling sentence of his rustic Latin. Wow. So, I mean, I mean that's that's profound. <clears throat> the fact that his writings, which we don't have that much of. Augustine, we have a, we have a bunch of Augustinian writings, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact that he's looked upon in that kind of depth and that kind of uh, transparency and that kind of authenticity is huge. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The fact that he was able to bear his soul like that so that people could understand where he was coming from. Con- considering the fact that he was very uh, fraught with insecurities of his lack of education and not being where his peers were, right? Yeah, right. right. He still, it, it, it pushed him. He, he still did it. Yeah. I think sometimes when people feel their lack of, they're more willing to bear their soul as opposed mm-hmm. to somebody who's feel they are fine-tuned all the way to where they should be. Yeah, they're absolutely. really uh, they have a um, they're a little reluctant to really speak to the fullest of how things are or how they feel. Yeah, yeah, you that's know. true. I often yeah. find them more gracious too and lacking judgment. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's true. I yeah. agree. I, I have to admit to a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, kindred soul with that. Sure, me too. Yeah, um, coming from a, uh, a a very lackluster. Um, education in home. I was at homeschooled, but my mm-hmm. my mother was. Let's just say that she did not do her due diligence to keep up with our schoolwork. So, my entire life, I've always felt behind. Even mm-hmm. now, I mean, even now, in my forties, I still feel behind. That's, and that, that's baffling, Eric. 
<laughs> Don't be fooled by what you hear, please. Do not be fooled by what you hear. Dude's a walkling encyclopedia, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank and you. dictionary combined in one. <laughs> I appreciate that. <clears throat> but that's, believe it or not, that's due to my insecurity of I feeling guess. behind. I think we can all relate to that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> And so I, I'm always putting the extra mm-hmm. education behind myself to know what I know because I always feel like I'm behind the ball. Yeah. So that's an admirable I don't think quality. there's many topics I can bring up that you don't just jump in on. <laughs> and I'm not making this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's a, that's a very great quality, especially within the Christian faith. I think that lends to a sense of humility that yeah, right, you know, right, that's right. missing. That that a lot of us don't have. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. Or to that level. Yeah. Right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I agree. I think that it's a combination. I think there's a lot of people who not only don't look for the depth of their faith, but stop. They're like, okay, well, I'm in church now. I get it. Uh, Jesus Christ is... God, Father's God, Holy Spirit's God. Okay, I'm good. Yeah. It's called yeah. complacency. <laughs> right. Yeah. You need something to stimulate you yeah. to make you seek. Mm. Agreed. And oftentimes we don't have that. We don't find that. Or we're not looking for it. You know? yeah. We're not looking for it. And that, is, I think, is the biggest part of it. I think the biggest part is we're not looking for it. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Un- and that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. And, until a circumstance... Like in yeah. St. Patrick's case, being kidnapped, <laughs> right? You know, I kind of look at that as a a a Saul to Paul moment. Mm. Paul, for the rest of his life in the New Testament, carried that. No, no, no. I'm the least of the Pharisees. You know, I'm I'm the the worst of sinners. That that whole approach that um, he he just had that self awareness. Yeah, that I think St. Patrick shared. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just humility. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just yeah, lacking. The ultimate yeah. humility. Yeah. Well, and I, I love the fact, speaking of Paul, I love the fact that he understood that he came from a privileged <clears throat> background mm-hmm. because he's Roman citizen. He's uh, he's part of, of the rabbinical, um, I, I mean, he wasn't a priest, but he's part of the rabbinical background, you know, the off, one of the officers of the, of, yeah. the, of the synagogue. So he comes from that background. He's got everything going for him, and he realizes... If I could boast, I can. Right, right. But I can't because he realized just how much of a sitter it made him. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He had that Sanhedrin background. Yeah. Yep. Well, society teaches you how to, you know, you should stick your chest out, you know, basically. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's you know, so for those who decide, hey, you know, they're they're a lot more humble and whatnot, I admire those because they're, they're going against the grain of what we taught. And and actually reveling in that this is what we should do that we sh- we should be humble we should understand we should take our time be patient yeah and I feel uh, that takes us up a notch. Kelvin said reveling, <laughs> <laughs> sibling reverie, but a bump. Big big pun intended. <laughs> that's true. I, that, that's such interesting stuff to learn about St. Patrick. It really is. Wow. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So so obviously, obviously, during his priesthood and his uh his education first in the diaconate, you know, becoming a deacon and going into a priest, he was, even though he had one or two misgivings from some of the people well, his peers, 
they still did go ahead and give him uh, a bishopric, and he became a bishop, mm. and he was allowed to go to Ireland to start preaching. So he did fulfill the visions and everything else, uh, the wow. voices that persuaded him. He returned. In fact, according to legend, his original master when he was in Ireland was his first convert. Oh, oh really? Wow. Yeah. So, mm. very cool. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'll accept it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. How about, let me uh, read some of the legends. We already, you know, displaced one or two of them, but... Before the end of the 7th century, Patrick had become a legendary figure, and the legends have continued to grow. One of those have it that he drove the snakes, which we already talked about, into the seat of their destruction. Patrick himself wrote that he raised people from the dead. And a 12th century hagiography placed his number at 33. So, according to legend, he raised 33 men from the dead. Now... I don't know if there if we have a lot of evidence for thirty three people being raised from the dead, but right. some of whom are said to have been deceased for many years. He also reportedly prayed for the provision of food for hungry sailors traveling by land through a desolate area, and a herd of swine miraculously appeared. Another legend, probably the most popular, is that of the Shamrock, which has him explain the concept of the Holy Trinity. Three persons. In, in one God to an unbeliever by showing him the three-leaved plant with one stalk. Traditionally, Irishmen have worn shamrocks, the national flower of Ireland, in their, la- in their laples on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. Now, I will say, the, the shamrock legend, I, I actually did research this a little bit. It's possible that he did use that to illustrate the Trinity, Okay. But there's no evidence of it until the 12th century. So it could be made up. Nobody really knows for sure. He may have taught it. Okay. But there's no actual written evidence for it until the 12th century. Okay. Mm. I do have a question. Shoot. For snakes, and I understand what we're saying as far as the history, they weren't in Ireland at that time. Is that symbolically used for something else? Oh, it is. I'm glad you brought that up. (laughs) Kelvin. (laughs) See, unbeknownst to most, Kelvin is is a precog. (laughs) He can see the future coming. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) He's just peeking at your notes, man. (laughs) I have, uh, I have a few facts built up for this episode. So some are fun, some are just facts. But uh, for one, and, and we'll get to that. Okay. For one, his real name was not Patrick. Jose, right? It was. It was, it was Jose <laughs> <laughs> Ramon <laughs> Lopez. <laughs> no, his real name was actually Maywin Sukat. Maywin Sukat. Maywin Sukat was his real name. It was now. I, I'm not sure if you know much about the about the Catholic faith, but you often will choose a new name for yourself once you enter into uh, the priesthood or become a deacon or even during confirmation. You um, you choose hmm. another name for yourself, hmm. and so he chose Patrick. Ah, so, oh, yeah. okay. probably because wow. probably because it, it was easier than Maywin. So, <laughs> I'm sure just, that, just a tad, <laughs> right? Just I'm sure in his tad. mind he's thinking, "Hmm, I 
I think Patrick's probably better. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, Maven Maywin Sukot was his was his actual name. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, happy May Win Sukkot Day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that yeah. doesn't have the same ring. Right. <laughs> well, here's a funny thing, too. So his birthday, I'm, I'm not, we, we often associate, you know, March 17th with his birthday, but it's not. It's the day he supposedly passed away. He died. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, so March 17th. Yeah. Okay. So supposedly he passed away that day. It's not his birthday. Gotcha. So, yeah. We're just gonna, and I, I'm going to throw this out there real quick. March 17th is also Muay Thai Day. So oh, for those people who don't know, whoa, yeah. Stuff is going on here. Nick. Yes, yes. <laughs> Unbeknownst to most, not only is March 17th St. Patrick's Day, it is also Muay, Muay Thai, Thai Day. Day. Now you put those that. two together, and it now is the best day of the year oh nice. man oh man shameless plug <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't aware yes and that's why oftentimes when i throw a happy muay thai day to my social media feeds usually later on uh on uh march 17th usually i'll do it later in the day you know i'll uh, make sure it's in green <laughs> uh, that's pretty interesting what is there a yeah. connection there with Muay Thai and just I mean, the recognition of that day, or it, 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 that also goes into legends in their part too, because it goes back to like Naikanomtom, and Naikanomtom is uh, probably the most famous warrior in all of Thailand. Um, I'm I'm going to rabbit trail on this a little bit because obviously this has nothing to do with St. Patrick. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but Naikanomtom uh-huh. was a uh, was captured by the Burmese, Myanmar. Okay, okay. You know, back then they were called Burma, and he was captured by them. Now, according to legend, he actually was from Burma, and he defected to Thailand. So, really interesting. Similar. I, I didn't know right. that till later. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. Hold on. Okay. I'm seeing some similarities here. Right. Hold on. <laughs> and not only that, when he was captured, he was brought back to Burma. Oh, mm. wait. Hold on. Hold on. There's a lot of hold on. <laughs> okay. And uh, he actually defeated, now, depending on, on which text you read, he defeated anywhere between 9 to 12 guys in hand-to-hand combat during their celebration, because the Burmese were holding a celebration because they had defeated Thailand, they had taken over Ayutthaya, which was the capital. And so they were holding a celebration, and they one of those parts of the celebration was kind of like the gladiators. They would, they would pit different fighters against each other. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Um, and they took, they brought in a Nakanomtom, and uh, because according to the guards, he was the best fighter the Thais had down there. Okay. So in a hand-to-hand combat, he defeated like I said, anywhere between nine to twelve warriors in a row, barehanded. The king was so impressed. He said that there was venom in every move and in every mm-hmm. limb of the combatant, and he was so impressed with him. He gave him his choice of whether to take a chest of gold back to Thailand with him or two wives. And being... Gold, <laughs> gold, gold, gold. gold. <laughs> being, uh, well, being somebody who was proud of being part of Thailand now, he actually brought back the wives with him because he was able to take 
back with him two more captives. Oh, okay. So, right. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. So, yeah. And, 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 and to this date, I don't think anybody actually knows if he kept them as wives or just brought them back because he was to able to save them. Yeah, yeah, to save yeah, them. Yeah. So I don't think anybody really knows for sure if he kept them as wives or just simply brought them back to their families. I don't know. Okay. But, um, but yeah. It's a pretty cool story. That is a cool story. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Nakunomtom. Great, great, great warrior. <laughs> you know, there could be a relation there for sure. Yeah. Just, I'd like to make a statement. Oh, please. About, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes ago, we were discussing how you felt a little behind the eight ball <laughs> academically. Yeah. Okay. I just thought I'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank just you. so it's on the record. <laughs> yeah, just, just so it's on the record, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Considering all the topics we've bounced on and jumped to and yeah. sidebar with, you know, I just wow. thought I'd say that. I okay. appreciate so, that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're you're really way behind. You know? <laughs> I don't even want to consider where I am. Then at that yeah. point, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> More fun facts. So wow. the, the first St. Patrick's Day parade, believe it or not, was not in Ireland. Mm. It was here in America. Because of the large amount of Irish immigrants? <clears throat> yes. And for those who don't know, by the way, some of the biggest immigrants from Ireland was here in, in Ohio. The whole, tr oh. the whole Tremont area was actually the Irish zone. That's where the Irish were supposed to live, were in Tremont. If you really? go, yeah, to this day, if you go to Tremont right now, mm -hmm. the, the square in Tremont, yeah, that was the Irish bathhouse. Really? Yeah, because there was no indoor plumbing back then. Right, right, right. So right. That, that was where the Irish bathhouse was. That's where they had to take their showers and their baths, and also where they could, where they could pull fresh water from. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm, now I'm aware of a couple other bathhouses. There was one on, uh, uh, what's the uh, park? On Lake Erie, uh, Edgewater. Oh yeah, Edgewater. Yep. And then there's one on Seventy Second, also. Yeah. So, but they were they were segregated just to one area. Then the Irish were supposed to stay in Tremont. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, there's a lot of Irish history inside Tremont. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so when we celebrate today, mm -hmm. do they do this in Ireland today? They do now. They do now. Yeah, they do now. Yeah. Okay. But it, yeah, but it was the first. The first one took place in New York in 1762. That was the first uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day parade. Hmm. The po the famous Irish poet. Um, oh man, you're talking about 1910. 19, Fitzgerald? No, not Fitzgerald. There's another one. Um, it'll yeah. come to me. I'm not. You're, it's escaped me. Okay. <laughs> oh man, it'll come to me. Oh. Anyway. He uh he left Ireland. All right. And he was a radical guy, the reason he left Ireland, and he moved to Britain. Britain is the oppressor. The excuse me, the oppressor. Okay, so but he's like in the British never. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he's in Ireland writing and, 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 and expressing his views and you know passing judgment and whatnot. And he's and he's almost I'm not saying he's totally free to do it, but he's isn't it an irony that he's a lot freer in Britain to be able to do that <laughs> in his own than in his own country? Yeah, who the British is oppressing? Yeah, that is that mm -hmm. is uh, a man, lot of irony. What is there. his name? Um, 
I, it, it won't come to me right now. Um, I have a few favorite poets, poets, but they're not Irish. Uh, Ogden Nash, love Ogden Nash. Mm. Uh, of course, one of my favorites of all time was uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Right, mm-hmm. uh, his the depth. I don't. I don't think anybody realizes the depth of his stories. Yeah. If you go back and you read Edgar Allan Poe, not only was he well versed in in prose. Um, he was actually the first detective writer for America. I don't know. I don't know if anybody realizes that mm. he actually even precedes Sherlock Holmes. Um, his his detective stories precedes all of that. Um, amazing writer, amazing. In fact, to this day, one of my favorite, one of my favorite detective stories is the Purloined Letter. An okay. amazing, an amazing story. Of how you can hide things just in plain sight. It's a purloined letter. Fantastic story. So I do love Edgar Allan Poe for his depth. And and if you go through his poetry, his knowledge of deep Christian mythos and motifs mm-hmm. is profound. I mean, I was I, I I've been going back and rereading some of his stuff, and it's just it's blown me away. Yeah, Aaron. So, how far behind do you think you really are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's really behind. Right. Terrible, right. <laughs> just, just, just terrible. Uh, it just came to me. Uh, James Joyce. James oh, okay. Joyce. He died in 1941, okay. but he, he was living in in Britain. You know, writing poetry and speaking out, and then he he was a radical of the day. Huh. You know, so All right. you're in the country of your oppressor, but you're talking about your country because that's your homeland, which I don't blame him. Mm. And uh, but he was more free to do it there than he could do it in his own homeland. That's interesting. I think that's pretty sad. You know, wow. it's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunate. But hey, things are the way they are, you know. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Ogden Nash real quick. Do you guys do you guys like Ogden Nash? If you ever, I don't know enough about him to really give an opinion. If you ever want a good laugh, just read through some short Ogden Nash poets, uh, poems. They're just hilarious. Like, like uh, the termite. Uh, uh, a termite once knocked on wood and tasted it and said it's good, and that is why your cousin May th- fell through the parlor floor today. It's like, <laughs> I love. It. Once, once again, we are you going to ever catch up academically? <laughs> I. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm taking your beer, Aaron. I should try it. boy. I try. I try. Am I qualified to be here? <laughs> oh, man. Believe it or not, uh, <laughs> I'm having to catch up and read the notes so I can hang with you, Aaron. Yeah, really. <laughs> Aaron has to hold his breath at the going under deep, man. Oh, man. There was um, St. Patrick's Day, believe it or not, was a uh, it was a dry holiday. Yeah, I was just reading that. So yeah, no, really, yeah. it was until like 1970 that it became a party holiday. Mm. It's a much later development. 1970 in Ireland or 1970 here? But predominantly America. But <laughs> right, right, right. I'm sure that they probably adopted that part of it before us, but officially. <laughs> Yeah. So pretty interesting, though. That is interesting. So was yeah. it more kept religiously? It was. In fact, and then there 1970 is 1970s, like yeah. In fact, there's a huge movement right now across the, uh, <clears throat> the Catholic churches 
predominantly in Ireland, but also here, to move to a more um, staunch observance again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I could see really? That. Yeah. Okay. Because the revelry gets to a point where, I mean, you it's ask people, hand. and they're yeah. like, oh, it's St. Patrick's Day. And they'll go out in the party, but That's they don't the, even know who yeah. St. Patrick was right. or his right. great accomplishments. Yeah, they're, dr- they're drunk by eight <clears throat> in the morning. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the time it's noon, they're, they're done. Yeah. <laughs> George, where are you? <laughs> we miss you, George. <laughs> but yeah, so there actually is a movement, uh, especially among the Irish, to restore it to a more uh, a more staunch observance of who St. Patrick actually was, because really he is a fantastic saint when you look back on his life uh, right. uh, and his accomplishments were were magnificent. <clears throat> um, in fact, here's 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 a fun part. Did you know that when he became a saint, when he became a saint, it was not done by popes. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I didn't. How's yeah. that possible? Well, it was the local bishops in that stage of history that could that was that were able to say who was canonized as a saint. So, even though he is recognized among all of the Catholic Church and has his own feast day, okay? So he is an official saint of the church. He was recognized and canonized by a local bishop. Mm. That is fascinating. Just so I understand this, so you're saying the local bishop had more authority than the popes of the time? No, or they no, can no, make no, no. Rec- more recommenda- a high recommendation for the locals who they govern. No, that's yeah, just, Aaron. It was process. It was just, it was, <laughs> process was different back then. Okay. Yeah, process okay, was okay. a little different. And even then, I think it's a little misconstrued because people often say, "Oh, the pope. He's you know he's uh, he's the king, right?" Okay. It doesn't work like that. Right. The Pope, believe it or not, does not have more authority than other bishops. And I think that's where people get a little little misconstrued. He is given more uh more grace and more leeway than other bishops because he technically does have what's called the see of Peter, okay? And so he does have uh he sits in the seat of Peter. All right. And if you go back into uh, into the Bible, all right, Jesus Christ Himself said He was going to build His church on Peter. And that's right inside. That's right inside the what was it, chapter sixteen, I believe, in, inside uh, in Matthew. Um, so He Himself gave Peter the seat of authority, and so even though He has that authority, that authority is over not like it's hard to explain, but it's not like an authority over like everybody else's authority. He's the bishop over Rome, and then he has more uh, more grace or or more esteem in his position over the bishops. However, he can't just walk into other places and tell them that they're doing things wrong. Those bishops still have their own their own authority. Yeah, I get so, it. I get it. Yeah. He's the chairman of the board, but yes. the board can vote him out. Well put. <laughs> He's, yeah, exactly. He's the chairman of the board. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> so so but, today does Rome have that recognition for St. Patrick today? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I, okay. All of the Catholic Church has that has that um that esteem for St. Patrick. Okay. Yeah. All like right. he has his own feast day. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um believe it or not, his his color wasn't green. What? It was blue. No. Yeah. 
Next thing you're going to tell me is that wow. Easter eggs have nothing to do with Jesus. Stop it. Well, I hate to break this to you. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do have pickled eggs in the fridge. <laughs> All right. So what is the origin of the grain then? Hey, believe it or not, it's, it's actually for national independence of Ireland. That's what, okay. It has, it has little to do oh, with wow. St. Patrick. And more to do with independence for so that Ireland. that came many years later then. Yes. Yes. So people, because they were very proud to be Irish and they wanted the yeah, independence of yeah, Ireland, yeah. Right. they would hold up the, you know, the green flags and wear the green and stuff like that. But that was more geared towards their national independence, less towards it actually being for St. Patrick. So... Why did he select blue? Yeah, I was just thinking of it because today the flag is, isn't it? It's green, white, green, and white, orange. And orange. Well, no, no, yes. but blue is actually symbolic of Ireland. Yeah, okay. blue is actually symbolic of Ireland. Green is independence of Ireland. So that's where that's where mm. you yeah so that's the difference. Kind of interesting. Blowing my mind, Eric. <laughs> what, what what makes blue symbolic of Ireland? You know what? That would have to go into a much deeper discussion. Okay. Okay. All right. right. All right. I apologize. That's okay. I'll take it back. No, no, no. Don't take it back. But it's uh, maybe maybe I'll try to link it into our into our stuff because that's that goes into a lot of deeper history. And okay. That's, yeah. That's that's not rabbit trail that far. Okay. <laughs> um. But Saint Patrick, of course, returned to Ireland to convert the Christians. Oh, I'm sorry. To convert the Irish. To be Christians. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> so um, he is responsible for the Celtic cross. So okay. he, not only is that symbolic of the Christianity of Ireland, he actually is the one that combined a pagan symbolism mm-hmm. with a cross. And okay. he did that in order to show... Uh, Integrate. That, well, yeah. yeah to, to use symbolism to draw people over to Christianity. I got you. And, and that has always been so in, like my, my my aunt's very pagan, right? So she's 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 Wiccan. And I've I'm not even going gonna go there because I frankly I don't think that Wicca is a real pagan religion. But anyway uh, <laughs> Nice. Um I didn't say that a lot did I? How do you my, really feel Aaron? My inner monologue broke again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um oh. That has always actually been the way. Even if you go all the way back to St. Paul inside the Book of Acts, when he was talking at the Areopagus, you know, he was talking in, uh, in the theater, okay, uh, to the pagans. Never once did he quote anything of the Old Testament. He didn't quote any scripture. He quoted their playwrights, and he quoted their poets. Hmm. In order to teach them about... God, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. Yahweh, he actually used their playwrights and their poets. Okay. So that has always been what Christians do because, and, and here's where I have to, I'm going to be a little bit mean here, but here's where modern Christians, predominantly on the evangelical side, when they go in and they beat people over the head with Scripture, it's not the right way to do it. And it's just not the right way to do it. Because when you're going to people who don't know Scripture, 
it doesn't make sense to beat them over yeah. the head with scripture. You're yeah. so mean. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't mean. make any sense. Yeah. Um, histor- historical Christians have never done that. You know, if you go back to like you know Catholics and Orthodox who came over here during the early times of of when America was forming, they would use their own stories about the great spirits and everything else to the Native Americans and stuff to help them understand who they were talking about, rather than try to beat them over the head with scripture, because a Native American is not going to know what scripture is. Yeah. Right, so, right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So so yeah. that's, that's... Catch your arrow in your head there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so seriously, it's like, it's like, I've never understood that, that aspect of it, when you yeah. just beat people over the head with that, because they don't get it. They don't understand it. It's not part of their culture. <clears throat> right. And so that's always been part of the traditional churches is that you use what they understand mm-hmm. to convey the mystery, to convey the story. Hey, didn't somebody in the New Testament do that? <laughs> I can't think of the guy's name. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. It really makes sense. It really does. Yeah. So I have a question about St. Patrick. All right. Is he subject to the Pope or the Emperor of Rome at that time? Ah, good question. Very good point. Yeah. So, so Rome at that time was predominantly Christian. Yeah, the Eastern. Uh, yeah. Was, was that Byzantine Empire at that time? Predominantly, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you're looking at at that at that point, it was it was predominantly a uh, a Christian culture, right? Um, and they did have religiously and politically. Yes. Yes. <laughs> there was a merge there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, we could do a whole episode. Why, on that. why was we could do a that whole religious? episode of that? <laughs> well, I was gonna just ask why was that religious? religious I mean, it goes back to Constantine and yeah. Constantine's father, but um, it goes it goes back to that. And again, we could do a whole episode on that. Yeah, we okay. did make some references to that too in our mm-hmm. early episodes. If you go back to our episodes on uh, what is the canon and mm-hmm. then what is the councils, we did make some references to that. But we could go into much better detail at a later date. Because yeah. there's a lot of awesome history right there. There is, yeah, really yeah. rich, yeah. And there's so much that we're missing in Americanized culture, yeah. Um, understanding the depth that transpired across there, yeah. So yeah, well, we could devote that to uh, what would it be? It'd be like a Christian hierarchy inside uh, public uh, communities, or yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, because that that actually parlays very well into uh, into uh, Christian uh, society mm-hmm. and how it benefited Western culture. It, oh yeah, it's the foundations of, of Un- what we know universities. Today. Christian okay, yeah. uh, uh, Christianity is responsible for <clears throat> everything. Yeah, universities to healthcare, hospital systems, um, you know, yeah. uh, assisted yeah. living. The, I mean, our Western world, really, as we know it today. Yeah, is, yeah. Yeah, so we could spend a whole episode on that and the history that involves. I mean, it's it's really fun. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah, but we'll we'll, so, we'll we'll try to put that together in the future. So was he still more uh, under the Pope's authority? Oh, well, again, during the early church, and there, there there was a Pope. Okay, but during the early church, the Pope predominantly allowed and still does the mm-hmm. the bishops to oversee their own areas. Okay. So he would have, at that point, he would have been under the authority of Britain. So, I think that's really good logic too. If you think about it, they're policing their own area. Yeah, 
So that who knows their area better than they do. Right. And and that's the way it's always been treated. Yeah. Yeah. The, very good point. Yeah. You know, if 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 I'm the pope, I'm not going to go to China and try to tell them what to do because Exactly. They're yeah. going to know more about what's going on. <laughs> very good point. Very good point. Yeah. So, yeah. Excellent. Pretty cool. Um I am going to go grab the next beer while Gumby and Kelvin talk. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, what did you get out of this? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's a whole other conversation, isn't it? It is. It really is. Some of the things have left me speechless. Yeah, well, I mean, leave it to Aaron to dispel all the things that we held sacred for Yeah, years. right, right. <laughs> Especially since he's so far behind. Right, know? right. So far yeah. behind his head. Yeah, right, 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 right. You know, so it's man, it's a factor. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. So why I'm why I'm popping these? I have to say this too, gentlemen. Real quick, it is a pleasure to be back today. It truly is, Kelvin. It's awesome to have yeah. you back. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is, gentlemen. I've, and I thank you for the invite. Always. Oh, yeah. No you're, invite needed ever. You're always <laughs> you're always welcome. Right. So right now we're gonna dive into Guinness. Mm. And I, I don't think this needs an introduction. No, it doesn't. I really doesn't. don't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I will tell you that it is an ABV of four point two and it is an IBU of hold on, it's on top of my head, uh forty five. Yep. So, Let's see. Does it say on here? I, I don't think so. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, this, I will not lie, has always been my favorite beer. Get it styled, huh? Yes. I have, since I was young, always loved Guinness. Don't want to mention it any ages, huh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's just say that for some reason they didn't card me when I was younger. I understand. <laughs> I understand. I was, it was my younger rustic years before I was a true believer. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. I understand. You were still we're small. Not, we're not judging. We're not judging. <laughs> As everybody knows who's had Guinness, this is super dark. Gentlemen. All right. Pleasure. And look at that amazing head on that. Pleasure. Mm. I mean, right from the first sip, it's smooth. I've always called this the chocolate milk of beers. Yeah. It is just everything that embodies Ireland and St. Patrick's Day is right there in Guinness. They do it right. Yep. I, I must say in 2008, I had the pleasure of going to the Guinness... Factory, the oh. Guinness Brewery in Tell Ireland. Us more. Tell, Tell us, us more. Oh no, no, Tell we us. want to hear all this. Please, please. <laughs> I was, I was blessed to spend seven days in Ireland. Actually, the whole time was seven. I spent six days because one day I took a flight and went to, uh, went to London for a day. There was a gentleman in my unit. I was still in reserves at the time, and he was activated. So he sold me his uh, trip to Ireland. At a very reasonable price. All right. So uh, I stayed in downtown Dublin. And uh, I can't remember the name of the hotel, but we have one here in Cleveland. 
downtown on uh, Lakeside. Um, it was a converted bank. It's in downtown Ireland. Really? Yeah, it's a converted bank. They they changed to a hotel. Um, if it comes to me, I'll, I'll say the name. Anyway, uh, one of the biggest things I enjoy when I go overseas, I always... I always like to send a postcard to where I'm, where I'm at. And if you go across uh, from the hotel, if you cross the, the little bridge there, there's a post office that really hasn't changed much physically on the inside since the time it was built. And looking at it, I would say it was built maybe 1920s, 1930s. Oh, the nostalgia of it and the uniqueness of it was... Yeah was just outstanding it was it left me speechless it was it was great you know so i got some postcards sent them out and uh and then just just strode on i when i when i go to some place new and different whether i can speak the language or not i just i don't i don't want a uh for starters i don't want a um i don't want an interpreter i don't want a tour guide i just like to go out and feel my way mm. now later nice. on coming back I, i'll do that but for <laughs> starters i, I just want to go and feel my way so yeah. Yes, it was it was a beautiful trip. The last day of the trip, or the day before the last day, uh, we had uh, we went to the um, it was a um, a group I was with, and and they went to the uh, the Guinness Museum, and uh, so yeah, it was beautiful. Oh, and uh, yeah, I, just, just from a envious, yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> from a historical standpoint, you know. Mm -hmm. So my jealousy outstanding. is outstanding. Well. I'll bring you something back this year because I'm going again in May. Oh, <laughs> I am doubly jealous. Come on, I am doubly jealous. You're going to Dublin. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Actually, no, I'm going to... Um, I can't remember the... Uh, see, normally if you if you fly into Dublin, you go to the Dublin airport, but I'm going to hike the Cliffs of Moher. So there's <gasps> another airport there. Uh I can't think of the name of it. I apologize. So what it all. But, oh. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So oh. it, it's closer to the Cliffs of Moher. Okay. So that that's where I'm flying in there. So me, my wife amazing. and I. We are that's going it. to live through you, Calvin. <laughs> 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 hey, well, you you gentlemen invited me. You know, Aaron Aaron texted me twice today. Hey, can you make it? <laughs> you know, so I truly appreciate it. I truly appreciate it. We appreciate you being yeah. back. Wow. So. <laughs> well, we certainly. Hope to see some pictures and hear from that. Wow. Oh, by all means. Most definitely. Most definitely. Oh. Erin Gobrach. <laughs> so cultured, Kelvin. You are so uh, cultured. Amazingly uh, so. Yeah. Well. I love it. I, I, I try to evolve. Yes. Yeah. I'll say that. I'll try to evolve. That's prob and, probably why you we all have, do. Probably why you and I have always got along so well. You, you know what? Yeah, because we've been knowing each other over 20 years. Yeah. You know, easy. <laughs> easy. Probably 25 and up, you know, at this point. Probably. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And from day one, we always got along real well, you know. Wow. From day one, yeah. yeah. Our first trip was at John Chai Seminar. Yeah, you, you're absolutely <laughs> right. Yes, it was, uh, yeah, the Pennsylvania. Is that where you guys got the infamous beer from? The chocolate stout or something like that? Or? No, no, no. That no, was, that was, that was, that was many years later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was that was more recent, actually. Yeah. Mm. That was a couple of years ago. Yeah, uh, we actually we actually did the seminar. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Right. Yeah, we, we did went, the seminar. Yeah, yeah we that's went out. What it was. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah we I went out there. That story. Yeah, that well, was a good time. It Man, was a great was a good time. time. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. 
Yeah, man, I, I, I never tasted a beer like that, you know, oh, with, the, with the chocolate. Yeah, that was delicious. Right, you know. yeah. The closest one here so far I've had in Ohio is probably Willoughby. Willoughby. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. That's just a fan. Are you still in touch with him? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, JD, of course. Yeah, we, we ought to take a, a road trip. Oh, he's day, a great right? dude. Yeah. He's a great dude. Yeah. yeah. I should probably bring him in and let, and, and let him tell the story a little bit because he's, he's pretty cool. That would be a good idea. Uh, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be a he's, great idea. He's adopted children now, so it's really cool. He's hey. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm adopted children. Yeah, yes, I'm you ado- have. yeah, right, right, right. Adopted a uh, foster parent, adopted parent. Yeah. Right. Hey, good for him. I'm proud of. Good for him. Yeah, he's like you. He's just a good, solid dude. Yeah, you know, he really is. <laughs> the uh, by the way, trivia. What oh. does Aaron Gulbrach mean? Say it again, Aaron. Aaron Gobrach. I'm, I'm probably com- totally slaughtering the pronunciation. Ireland forever. Yes, it is. Oh, Look at really? Go before the win. Oh man, <laughs> man. Okay. Yeah. Who is Barry McGuigan? Oh, I don't know. You gentlemen don't know who Barry McGuigan is? No. No. Please pray tell. Lightweight Irish boxing champion. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Please I, forgive me. Uh, sometime late eighties. Okay. Yeah. I love me some boxing. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, tough guy. So tough wait, there, guy. that's that's before Hatton. Then. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, before, that's before that's, Hatton. That's, yeah, that was that's before Hatton. Eight yeah. years before yeah. Hatton. Yeah. They do got a boxing history. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they do. Yeah, Barry McGuigan was tough. Yeah, McGuigan was tough. How about some Irish facts? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So, another little-known fact from Irish lore, leprechauns earned that gold they're guarding. Yes, they did. Oh, really? According to legend, leprechauns spend their days making and mending shoes. It's hard work, so you can't blame them for being territorial about their pots of gold. <laughs> I didn't know you had that Irish uh, accent there. I could do a little bit now and then. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, and, and despite what they show you on Hallmark cards, mm-hmm. according to legend, there is no such thing as a female leprechaun. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And even though I did not include that in our slides, I'll tell you this right now. It's kind of cool. And not only is there no female leprechauns, but leprechauns supposedly are part of the uh, fairy family. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of the <coughs> part of the fairy family. There's a lot of different disputes about their uh, their origins and how they're whether they're like disbarred or disbanded family members or whatever. But regardless, they're yeah. part of that you know spiritual family. It's interesting. I can remember being very young, and I'm talking maybe six to eight years old, and you know whenever this day came around, really wanting bad that leprechauns to be real. Yeah. You know the the mystique around it and the magic. Yes. You know, just wishing so bad that it was it was a real thing and not just a legend, and being caught in between that. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
Well, I I don't know if you uh, have any have any of you have ever seen Darby O'Gill and the Little People. No. Oh Lord, no. I love that movie. Growing up, there's two Irish movies I would I that when I was a kid I always watched. Even my wife doesn't know this. There's two Irish movies I always watched growing up. One, you didn't know this. Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Awesome Disney movie about uh, a man named Darby and the leprechauns that he had associations with. So I'm not going to reveal anything because you need to go watch it. If you, it is St. Patty's Day. You need to go watch Darby O'Gill and the Little People. You can always find it on cable during this really? time. Yes. You have to watch it. It's just, just watch it. <laughs> and the other one, The Quiet Man with John Wayne. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, many years ago I've seen yeah. it. Yeah. That's my other favorite. Yeah. My other favorite Irish movie is That's The Quiet Man. That's about 59, 58. Yeah, that Yeah, came right up. there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I love, that is my favorite John Wayne movie. I love The Quiet Man. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember it totally because it's been a long time since I watched it, but I, yeah. Well, it's, it's all about a, uh, it's all about an American boxer. And uh, what you do, you, what you find out later in the, in the film, um, I can reveal this because I think they show a clipping, I believe, in the very beginning of the movie, where he actually killed a person in the ring by accident, okay? And so he retires back to uh, where his, I think his father or grandfather was from Ireland. So he goes back to Ireland and he buys a plot of land. Uh, Maureen O'Hara is in the movie. Um, but it's just, it's, the movie is so Irish and it has John Wayne. In Ireland, okay, you can't go wrong. I mean, it's it's such a good movie. I mean, it okay. is. There's comedy. There's some funny flamboyant fight scenes. I mean, it is just a great movie. So again, the two movies you have to watch. Well, three. Okay. I will say three. Hold on. We'll see, we'll, I've, we'll see I've got one, one more. I've got one more. One please, more for you. Please, 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 please. And this movie is on my top ten list of all time. Oh wow. Uh huh. The Boondock Saints. Okay. The Boondock Saints. You guys have never seen The Boondock Saints. Aaron, we I'm talked about a, this. A you're, you're way ahead of us. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Even even though you're you know you're lacking, you know, <laughs> you're eons ahead of us, dude. The Boondock Saints is a oh my lord! It is a remarkable movie. So I changed that. There's three movies. Three movies you have to watch on St. Patty's Day. <laughs> and and you can make it interchangeable. Maybe watch one each St. Patty's Day so you don't get bored, right? You know, change it up. Make it, make it, make it a three-year cycle. <laughs> How do you sleep? Yeah, really. Really. Sleep? How does he sleep? What's that? That that's a dirty word. <laughs> I'm sorry. My wife does not let me use four letter words. <laughs> not on St. Patty's Day. Not on St. Patty's Day. Oh man, <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> yeah. So again, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. All right. The, the Quiet Boon, Man. The Quiet Man. And Boondock, and Boondock Saints. Saints. Those three movies. Irish as you can be, all three of them amazing hands down movies. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Make sure you check them out. 
You're a big <laughs> fan of AMC movies, aren't you? I do like AMC. Okay. I do. I'm not like judging AMC. or knocking or anything, but <laughs> just by the things you name well, out. It's, well, Boondock Saints is modern, but um, I do like a lot of classic film, and that's just because there's, there's a level... I like classic stuff, too. I'm not, I'm not judging it. I'm yeah, just, you know... I mean, there, there's a level of film that is hard to surpass. Even okay, are you familiar with Seth MacFarlane? Um, he's yeah, uh, yeah. He done the uh, the Simpsons, I think. Uh, family the, Guy. Family Guy. Yeah, he he, write, he writes and voices Family Guy. Well, at least a lot of the characters. Um, Which is a great family show. Uh, no, no. <laughs> do not do not watch it with your children. If you watch it at all, do not watch it with your children. I actually, uh, I believe it or not, I don't watch a lot of Family Guy. I watch it here and there. I do really enjoy his show, The Orville. It is awesome. If you get a chance, the Orville, on, yeah, it's on Fox. I've never heard of it. It's currently in, in season two. Um, the Orville is kind of like Star Trek, mm. but with our modern twenty first century humor. So it's not slapstick, but it does have our humor. So take take our humor, like on this show, take take like our humor, okay, mm-hmm. and then put it in Star Trek. So it's it's hilarious. It's hilarious. But in a Star Trek setting and it's not slapstick. It's just it's very well done. It's I, I can't explain it except to tell you that it has the authenticity of like a Star Trek, but it has the humor that you would find on like on, on shows like ours. Mm. Okay. So yeah. So it's very well done. It rather than rather than being a parody of Star Trek, it's more like an homage. To Star Trek, okay. So it's very well done, very well done. I, I, it's a show I can endorse. Aaron, I'm glad you don't geek out on this too often. I think, oh, well, okay. We <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be able to handle it. <laughs> we leave here with our mouths so, hanging open. There you go. Let's run out a few more Irish facts. The longest place name in Ireland is. I'm going to try to pronounce this, and I well, know I'm going to butcher oh this. Oh my gosh! Mucken Agadur Duholia. Yeah, that's Spanish, um, bro. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The Guinness Brewery in St James Street, Dublin, has nine a nine thousand year lease. Wow. Yes. Imagine the interest a 9, on that. thousand year lease. That is, How cool is that? I'm not going to complain about my mortgage. <laughs> 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 well, think about that. It's got a 9,000 year lease. What do you pay? Like a dollar a year? <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> wow. The, the Titanic was built in Belfast, Northern Ireland. Oh, okay. Yeah. What if, year did it sink? Um. Oh, shoot. Hold on. Let me think. Oh, it's a, uh, I forget, you know? 1912. Okay, there we go. Mm. <laughs> there you go. How does Leonardo DiCaprio still do movies then? I don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> that there's, there's the little fountain of knowledge there from, uh, from Kelvin. <laughs> In 1447, mustaches. We're illegal wow. in Ireland. Ash? Wow. Yes. Really? Yes. Why? <laughs> any, any reason why? Or? I don't know the history behind these. Wow. These are just fun facts. I, don't, I, I did not write down the history. Just fun facts. An odd Irish birthday tradition is to lift the birthday child upside down and give his head a few gentle bumps on the floor for good luck. 
The number of bumps I... should allegedly correspond to the child's age plus one. Yeah, I had an old Irish friend that did that to me. <laughs> really? Oh. Yeah, no, seriously, a Magugan. There's nothing more Irish than Magugan. Uh, he... <laughs> He just, you know, he was he was a great family friend. He was a he was a believer in faith. Okay. When I was a young little kid, man, he just took a liking to me. And whenever he saw me, hey, come here. It's like he took me and he grabbed me by my legs, right in front of my mother. In front of your mother, and no less. Lift me up upside down and shake me. And I always remember that. He's like, you got no money. And then he would give me money after that, like a dollar or whatever. Okay. Right, right. Okay. But this feels kind of cool. Oh, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny. It's it's for real. There that's you for go. Real. Wow. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Love you, Dave McGugan. <laughs> that's all right. The national symbol of right. Ireland is the Celtic harp, not the shamrock. Oh. Okay. Which, by the way, I haven't tried it, but I've been told it's good. If you uh, go to Ohio City. That's it? Yeah, that's it right there. Yeah, 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 that's right. If you look, if you look on the Guinness bottle, that harp that is their national symbol. Ah, okay. Yes, and there is an an Irish restaurant I'm told is really good in Ohio City. Haven't been there yet. Mm -hmm. I've driven by it probably a thousand times. Called the harp. So the harp. Where is that at? It's right on Detroit. On Detroit, past the bridge, uh, on the Ohio City side of the bridge. I've been told it's awesome. I've been, I haven't mean to go there for probably 15 years. But <laughs> I don't know. Oh, the harp. You're, yeah. you're talking about by the old Max Hayes. Yes. Yes. Well, I've probably been there about six times. Eventually, I plan to go there. You would, Kelvin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Wow. That, that's an excellent spot I've been, to go really? to. I've been yeah. told their potato Almost dishes are amazing. Outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, that's a worth. You know what? We ought to make a a, a date, let's do it. gentlemen. Yeah, we should do oh, it. If we want to bring our ladies, we can do that too. But you know, by blow bruise. Sometimes we need heart. leadership and guidance. But yeah. if we don't, yeah. if we can do it on our own, you know. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it, it's it's excellent spot, man. I, I, forgive me, I'm brain dead. You know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. it took a minute here. You've been there. I love that place. Half a dozen times. All right, it's oh, a date. Oh man, probably more than All that. Right. So I feel ashamed that I don't, don't know what a traditional Celtic food would be. Potato? Celtic. Celtic, Celtic, Celtic. <laughs> Boston Celtics. <laughs> Wait, Larry oh. Bird's not Irish? <laughs> well, I, he could be. But the Celtics is, has always been mispronounced. It's supposed no, to be Mikhail the Celtics. Is Kevin Celtics. Okay. It's supposed to be the Celtics. Yeah. Yes. They've All always right. mispronounced it. Obviously, right. the guy who named it is not Irish. <laughs> so what's traditional food from them well there would be like 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 shepherd shepherd's shepherd pies, pies and stuff shepherd like that. pies yeah. are excellent yeah, yeah. okay yeah. Yeah. and then they make a they actually make a potato version of that yes they do yeah, yeah you're yeah. right you're absolutely yeah. right so yeah yeah, All right. gentlemen, that, was, that, would, be an, that would be a good outing. Yeah. There we I go. Like I need leadership and guidance. So I do too. The harp, <laughs> the harp. If you're listening to this, we just endorsed you, so you you should you know give us a bone, <laughs> give, give us a shout out, <laughs> <laughs> a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Uh, the national or uh, Ireland is known as the Emerald Isle thanks to its lush greenery. The St. Patrick's Day. Is celebrated in Ireland on March 17th, which is a national holiday. Okay, so it is, yeah. Yep. Although set in Scotland, most of the battle scenes in the 1995 film Braveheart 
were filmed in Ireland, not Scotland. Ah, it's a lie. It's a vicious lie. (laughs) (laughs) I made reference to that today earlier in church today. Did you? Yeah, because we were praying Mm. and I just felt like Mel Gibson today. (laughs) 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 You're like, what? That's Scotland. Freedom. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. The River Liffey. The River Liffey runs through the center of Dublin and is 75 miles in length. Dublin, not Dublin. 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 (laughs) That's not very big at all. No, no. But I mean, for Ireland, it probably is. But Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) so, ah, such great, cool facts. Yeah, that's all I got for you guys. (laughs) That's the end of my list. I think it was outstanding. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Outstanding. All right. So that's all I got for you guys. So, uh, Gumby, got anything else for us? I don't. Uh, if I had a piano, I would play Danny Boy for everyone, but I cannot right It'll now. It would be lovely. Yeah. Oh, I Danny understand. Mm-hmm. I didn't even include, I didn't even go into deeper legends like uh, the Banshee or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. I meant to, but I just, you know, I was like, you know, I'm running out of space. and i was going to go there's a lot of fairy legends all across ireland i was going in fact true story oh i forget the name of the factory they moved a factory into a valley in ireland okay and the residents there warned them not to move it where they moved it and to move it 50 feet over because it was 50 feet over the line okay and they warned them not to do that and they didn't listen. They said, you don't understand. You were in the territory of the ferry. And this is bad luck. And the factory just dismissed them. You know, hey, you, well, we don't care about local legends. Yeah, no, right, right, right. Well, the factory had nothing but problems. Things would, malfat- would, would malfunction. They had all kinds of accidents happening. So finally, they moved the entire building over 50 feet. And all of the accidents and malpractice Stopped. <laughs> Take that for what you will. Sounds like mafia, Take Irish mafia. <laughs> I'm not here to say that wow. it was actual fairies or spirits or angels or demons. I have no idea. Right. But it is a true story. So. Okay. <laughs> DeLorean, didn't he do old cars in Ireland for a period of time? I believe, I believe he did, yeah. And, and yeah. true, hey, true story. The DeLorean is coming back. Really? Yeah, there was a company. I forget the name of it. Uh, maybe we'll reference it in our next episode. But yeah, uh, there was a company that's resurrecting the DeLorean. Yeah. Most and there are also cars. Ford Motor Company makes cars in Ireland that are yeah. not sold here. It's what? true. Yeah. Yes. I've seen that. That's ridiculous. Yes. I've, I've seen that. Yes. Yeah. I don't even get that. Why? Well... I can't actually answer that, but if we're off the cuff, I'll say this. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of the rights, the, the left side, all the cars are like England. They drive on the right side, and sometimes oh. cars are modified for mm. the area that they're in, Okay, and they might not be fitting for where we are. So that, that could be a reason. I, I really don't know. So it's just real customizable. Yeah, customizable. Yeah. You know, mm. a lot of things happen that... All right. See, Kelvin, this is why we like you having on the show. You're very well cultured. (laughs) You are are a very well cultured person. We enjoy your presence on this show. Well, I I get lucky every now and then. (laughs) 
and, and one other thing I would like to say real quick, and it may seem not relevant to what we're doing, but I think it all is information is always relevant. Mm-hmm. Mentioned Henry Ford. Yeah. Who is uh, Kingsford? Um, Anybody ever heard of the name Kingsford? I've heard the name. And actually, I've heard of the insurance company. Kingsford Charcoal. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, of course. That's yes. the fifth cousin of Henry Ford. Oh. Henry Ford refused, for the most part, to have any type of shipping industry ship his products all around the world. Because he started his first company in Japan in 1922 or 21. I can't remember exactly. It was definitely one of the two years. Mm -hmm. So because of so much wood that he was using and and shipping all parts all around the world, he also uh, had had trucks delivered to Russia in 1913. Ford? Uh, Ford. Henry Ford, yes. So uh, he, uh, uh, um, Kingsford was his fifth cousin. And all the wood that they were using, they used that to modify it and change it into charcoal and start a Kingsford Charcoal Company. <laughs> that is fascinating. <laughs> that is wow. incredibly fascinating. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Because Ford, historically, is a, you know. Yeah. It's a tycoon here, right? Yeah, big time. Loved big time. and hated at the same time. Loved and hated. Yeah, right. When you rose up against them to take a stand... Yeah. Yes, he he had he had his <laughs> he had his buddies come out and the guys he hired to 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 whack you you know union <laughs> guys anybody who's taking a stand but on the same token he started the I believe it was the five dollar an hour workday because there was such a high turnover mm. for the demand of work so he figured if they pay him a certain amount there wouldn't be such a high turnover and. He start, you know, five started a five dollar work day. Yeah, but he awesome. also wanted a, um, he also wanted a vehicle that everybody could afford. You know, so yes, yes, yeah. Such, you know, and and by no means I'm not, not trying to endorse Hitler, but Hitler did also with the Volkswagen. He, you know, mm-hmm. he wanted yeah. something that everybody could afford. Right. It's interesting you say that because the tie between him and Hitler are not too far off in terms of the Jewish. Perspective. You're absolutely right. Henry Ford was not too many levels down. You from are Hitler absolutely right from a Jewish perspective. Yes. They thought Henry Ford was like the greatest anti-Semite yeah. here in America at that, that time. That is true. What, You're absolutely and right. It's, there's so many things tied in because when companies got involved, they didn't see the Nazi Party as being anything but a but you know, mm-hmm. hey, I can make money on them. Right. It's about you monopolies know, right. and who right, controls right, that market. Right. 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 And there's exactly. a lot of companies. Uh, Hugo Boss mm-hmm. made all of the uniforms for the Nazis. Yeah. You know, so IBM. Yeah, I right, 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 right. So you when you look at this, it's like all they saw was a cash cow. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah. Ironically, right. And who controlled that flow of the market? That's an episode all by itself. Yeah, I know. And who didn't control it all of a sudden became the greatest evil on earth, right? Right, right, (laughs) right. right, right, right. Okay. (laughs) Happy St. Patrick's Day, fellas. (laughs) That's good, Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. Again, glad to have your cultured presence back on the show. Thank you so much. Gentlemen, it's always a pleasure. Truly, it truly is. Always. Any last words, Kelvin? It's a pleasure being back. I, I appreciate the invite, and uh, I know you say I don't need an invite, but uh, 
That's good to be missed. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to be missed. Sometimes you need to be pushed a little bit. <laughs> we all do. You know, you know what I mean? We, yep. we need to be pushed a little bit. And not only, I must say, I appreciate the beverages. <laughs> <laughs> we try to only bring yep. the best in. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I just have one. Uh, I want to put you guys on a spot. So we are going to plan a date to go to the harp. Right? Definitely. It's, it it's done. It's okay. done. All right. All right. Only left is in is to just pen, pen it in. Yep. That's it. <laughs> done. All right. I'm there with you guys. Thank you very much, Gumby. Hey, uh, enjoyed this this podcast. Enjoyed having Kelvin back. Um, there's nothing taboo over Bruce. <laughs> That's and right. And if you feel uh, the need or the uh, inkling to want to support us through any Patreon, yeah. You can. We have we have Patreon. You can support us through Patreon. You can support us through Anchor. Please, uh, we, please do. Yeah, we could use this. Any support you can. A dollar a month would be phenomenal. Would be yeah. phenomenal. Um, and feel free to reach out to us if yeah. you have suggestions on episodes or questions or anything else. Uh, if you have anything that you'd like us to tackle or places to go or beers to try, feel free to reach us uh, on anywhere from Facebook to Twitter. To uh, for a few more days, Google Plus. Uh, it's, it's it's a Tumblr. Anywhere where social media is, we are there too. Yep. Uh, even on the new MeWe, you can find us. So, Aaron Gobra and Godspeed. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good night, fellas. Take care. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>